Bases loaded. Two out. Hard hit into right. Back at the wall. Tie game! Big Poppy! The Grand Slam! This is our fucking city. Hey, Jerry. Tom, how you doing? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Uh, nice game one today, Julian Zavaris. <laughs> I, just, I just fell off the table, that's why I'm laughing. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Alex, uh, thank you for joining us. Um, I know uh, we're not going to take up too much of your time. I know you got to probably get to the field at some point today. Um, but uh, we just kind of wanted to start. Obviously, you just got promoted up to double A not too long ago. I think you're four appearances in now. Um, what has, uh, how's it been so far with the transition up to Portland? Good. I mean, how I think of it is it's baseball at any level. So keep it simple. It's still the game. Don't try to overcomplicate things because you are at a new location with new teammates and new coaches. Um, just keep it simple and do what you know. Stick with your routines. And so far, it's worked out really well with me. And I'm really enjoying my time with the new coaches up here and uh, the new teammates, some of them of which I had in, in Greenville for a good part of the season, too. So it's actually nice to see them again, too. Has there... Um... I guess it's, a, it's like the big question because I always see everybody kind of talking about how the low minors compared to the high minors, like you'll really start to face, you know, the better quality pitching and the better at bats that you see um, in double A and as you get up to triple A as well. Um, has there been anything that's kind of stuck out like the most to you so far in your outings that has kind of been the biggest like whoa moment? Um, in double A, I haven't had my wow moment yet. Um, I mean, there was a wild moment when I had to face Cedric Mullins last week or two weeks ago in Bowie, but he's no typical double A hitter. Um, but I remember early on in the season, like one of my first outings at Greenville was um, it's all about adjustments. And for me, I started to realize, hey, these guys, they're they're uh, once a scouting report kind of got out on me. Their one thing was they're going to sit dead red no matter what the count was, no matter who the hitter was, whatever against me, because, because of my repertoire and my pitch selection. And so one big adjustment that I had to make was being able to throw my secondaries for strikes in any count. I can't, in college, I could just go fastball, 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 and I would be, I would be living. But once I got here, there was, I remember there was one outing against um, Hudson Valley and I was, doing what I had done before and had success with was just pumping fastballs and I got rocked. So that was kind of an eye-opening experience to me. It's like, Hey, no matter how hard you throw, no matter how good your, your fastball is, these guys are professional hitters and they can hit it if they're sitting on it. So you just got to be able to, it's just about evolving and making adjustments as a pitcher um, throughout the season. Yeah. You know, as you say that one of the things when we're, you know, talk to some people, especially with, um, at AAA with the Woo Sox, they really preach for you guys, especially if coming up from AA to AAA about getting ahead in the count, that maybe in AA you can rely on that fastball or whatever your whatever that main pitch is for you. Obviously, it's you get the 99 mile hour fastball, but um, but really getting ahead ahead in the count. So did you have did you find that was really the case too now with being in AA that you 
to really kind of set that tone? Yes. Um, overall strike percentage for me has always been a, a key component in my development, especially now in double A, because in high A, some guys are going to swing at the, the slider and the dirt um, OO because they're sitting dead red so often and they didn't recognize it. In double A so far, you really have to make your pitches competitive and, in the, and make them look like a strike much longer uh, throughout the bat and throughout the pitch. So, and then once you do get behind, like I said before, you have to be able to throw your other pitches 2-0, 3-0, because if you do get behind and you're not able to attack and get ahead in the counts, then they're really just going to sit in the fastball and time you up. So a big component for me was, yes, getting ahead in counts, starting out first pitch strike and so on, getting ahead 1-2 and then putting guys away. But also, if for some reason you get behind 1-0, 2-0, make sure you can also go back and throw a, a slider in there for a strike just to make them honor it. Now, if you know you're back with your college teammates, um, knowing Rosier, now that you're in double what's it been like just playing with him again? I mean, it's awesome. I mean, like a little nostalgic because I haven't, I've been able to keep in touch with him with a little bit in the off season. Like some days we'd go back and visit our old head coach at UNC Greensboro and stuff like that. But really, I haven't been able to see or play with him or talk to him that much because he was, well, he was on two different teams before he even came to the Red Sox. So being able to play with him and knowing how good of a player he really is from college, and he's even better now, having him in out in the outfield, robbing home runs, throwing guys out, stealing bags, it's, it's kind of refreshing to see that him do that again for my team. Yeah. Is there any advice you can get, he's been able to give you just, you know, as you guys both go through um, the first few seasons of your pro career? I mean, he just reiterated, hey, yes, this is double A, but you got good stuff don't overthink it. Don't try and change what you had success with at high. Don't try and change what you had success with success with in college, go out there. You're good enough. If you weren't good enough, you wouldn't be here. So other people think you're good enough, go out there and be confident and dominate. So. I, I kind of wanted to talk about um, your draft class, honestly, like uh, especially with this, um, how aggressive they've been this year with the promotion. Um, you, I think now there's three of the 2022 draft class in Portland, uh, you coffee and my draw. Mm -hmm. um, ha how has it been? It's been, it seems like it's been kind of like a wild ride for some of these guys. Like I was talking with Nico Cavadas a couple weeks ago and I know he was the draft class before you and he had already been promoted three times and it just, he's moved so fast so quickly. And it's um, now you're in Portland. You just got drafted last year. How has the past year? I mean, you made it all the way to Double A in in about a year's time. So has it been a little crazy with the movement? Or, um, yeah, I would say it's it's definitely something that I obviously have never experienced before in college. Like in college, the team you you start with at this beginning of the season, or, or really the beginning of the fall, it's a team that you go with through the entire year. Now, my first day at spring training we were on different teams every single day, moving our things around. Then season started, guys were moving up and down. Like you said, with the aggressive promotions, that was, that was new to me. Um, seeing guys like starting out on the team in the, in the early part of the season with guys like Marcelo Meyer and, and Blaze Jordan and all those guys. And then we get three months into the season, like, congratulations, those guys are going up, which is awesome. But it's like, wait, 
I thought like my mind was, hey, those guys were in there for the long run and stuff like that. That's obviously not the case. And then like, my turn came to get promoted too. And it's like, wait, I was so used to being with the mindset of I'm going to be with the Greenville Drive throughout the entire year. Yes, I wanted to go up to Portland, but like the relationships and stuff like that and the camaraderie you build with the coaches and the city and stuff like that is no longer a thing because you're on to the next next city. So it was definitely different for me. Um, I, I wouldn't want it to change or anything. It's just coming from the college game in, in a, a year ago, it's just vastly different. And so what has it been like? Um, I, you just listed like Meyer and Blaze Jordan and some of those guys. It's like that Portland lineup is for real. Like it's, it's, uh, it's one of the more exciting lineups, I think, in the, uh, in the, the minor league system. Um, what's it like pitching in front of all those guys? I mean, it's awesome. This is obviously, this is the most talented team I've ever, ever been a part of. And I'll just say this. I am so glad that I am pitching for the Portland Sea Dogs and not having to pitch against the Portland Sea Dogs right now with that lineup out there. I mean, one through one through nine, we are loaded, like just having to go through each and every one of them. And there's there's no break in the lineup. We are so talented on the field. And then that's just offensively. Defensively, these guys make stupid plays out there that you would never see just because they're so athletic and talented and they work so hard in their craft. So it is awesome knowing that I have those guys behind me and in the lineup working and we're all working towards the same goal. Who would you say is the hardest one? If you could pick, you know, one guy who's the hardest to face. I mean, I haven't got to face a lot of them because this would be my first spring training and stuff like that. Um, I did face Alex Pinellas in spring training and I thought he hit a bomb off me, but it was caught the warning track. Um, I did. I know I haven't played with him in Portland, but Nico Cavadas was a very, very tough at bat I had during spring training. So I would say one of those two, very tough. And I didn't get to face him in spring training. I faced Corey in college. And I don't even know if I got him out when we were playing in college together. So he's probably another one up there. Have you, uh, let's see, I, I, so you, your roommates, you said your roommates right now with uh, Guerrero, yep. and um, there's a few other pitchers that, that me and Chris have definitely been around, and Theo and uh, Taylor Broadway that are now on the roster, they were up in, uh, uh, they were up in Worcester this year. Has there been, I know you're pretty fresh there, um, has there been anybody that do you have like a, a throwing partner yet and have you uh, got to pick their brain a little bit has there been anything like that go on since you've been there yeah so the relationship kind of started it started in spring training but really built the first couple of weeks in Greenville and that's with Chris Troy um, and he's actually my throwing partner right now when I first came up he's like hey I need a throwing partner Hoppy you want to be a throwing partner I'm like absolutely and stuff like that so I mean I picked his brain down in Greenville when we were in the same bullpen. And now I'm picking his brain up in Portland now that we're in the same bullpen. But all the guys in the bullpen have been great with helping me adjust, answering all my questions about routines, what's different, how do things work up here and stuff like that. So they've been all very, very helpful in helping me grow, not only um, in my routines, but also as, as a pitcher in the game as well. I, I feel like the uh, CT is one of the uh, – I think he's one of the best Twitter followers Twitter followers you can probably follow <laughs> in the system. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of those guys in there. Um, I, I'm kind of curious too. So when – so 
after speaking, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Ryan Fernandez, but he um, he kind of has an interesting story where he wasn't, you know, he's topping out now at about 100 miles per hour. He just threw like the hardest pitch he's ever thrown last week. Um, and he's been kind of talking about, you know, his velocity was not at this point even two years ago. Um, so you're one of the hardest throwers in I, the entire system, honestly. Um, and I know Greenville, whenever you did get called up, they made a post. You're like, oh, this, you know, he's hit 101. Uh, he's hit 100 on the regular. And they made a big post about it. But when did you kind of notice the uptick in your velocity? Like, when, what was it? Was it in college for you? When was it? So I'll say this right now. In, in high school, I topped out at 88, which is, which, is, which is very good for my high school. But um, for me, it's kind of been a steady process of little by little each year um like end of end of freshman year in college I was topping out 91 came back a little bit harder 94 and steadily steadily built up as as I've matured in my in my performance on the field and in the weight room and nutrition wise as well but last year in college was the first ever time I had ever touched 99 um and I only touched it like two or three times I like I sat 96 97 and then this spring training in this first part of the season was my first time ever coming close to 100 let alone hitting it multiple times in a season so this is like and my first time hitting 101 was the week that I my last second to last outing before I got called up to here so it has really been this year where it's really really ticked up with the I would say the average velocity being as high as it is. And so what, what would you, uh, I know you said like with the training and everything, but what about this year ha, do you think has set apart and been able to help you climb up to 101? Um, I would say it's the, the um, evaluations that the Red Sox do like on a personal level. In college, it was all about lift big, get strong, put on weight for me personally, because I was a skinny, I'm a skinny, still a skinnier guy, but I was an even skinnier guy going into college. But um, the Red Sox training staff has identified certain things such as like hip flexibility, which I lack, and had designed a program to help me attack that and gain more flexibility in my hips, in my T-spine. And I believe that has helped me the most in maintaining and even gaining the higher velocities that I have. But also like nutrition is way better down here too. They're constantly on me about maintaining my weight, um, maintaining the weight goals we have, lean muscle mass, increasing that and so forth. So I feel like it's more just about identifying the certain issues or um, deficiencies that I have, attacking those and then trying to maintain those throughout the rigors of a uh, minor league season. Chris, Jamie, you got, you got, you got anything follow up? I guess kind of my, my next would be what, if you could pick one memory from college or, you know, so far in the minors, what would be your favorite baseball that sticks out to you? Um, my favorite memory would ha is for, from college is definitely last year when we um, won the conference tournament the way in the way we did and made it to a regional. Um, I would say my, my favorite professional outings got to be my, my first professional outing because I didn't pitch in, in the, the FCL last year at all after getting drafted. So my first game with Greenville was my first professional appearance ever. And um, it's probably something I'll never forget, just being able, let alone to do it at whatever level I was sent to. But being able to say, hey, I, I pitched 
in professional baseball for the Boston Red or for the Greenville Drive, or part of the Boston Red Sox organization, is something I'll be able to keep with me for the rest of my life. During that outing, did you have a moment to kind of take that in? It was more kind of after, you know, seeing the dugout, kind of seeing there, like, yeah, I did. This. It was definitely, it was definitely after. In the moment, I I'm not thinking anything about executing pitches and getting the guy out in the box. But then afterwards, like reading text messages from my family and friends, then I was able to soak it in and stuff like that and realize what just happened and stuff like that. But in the moment, no, I was too focused to even think about that. I got a couple one-offs actually here. Um, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm around the, the, the team pretty much every home game up in Worcester. And I've, we've been seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of influx of the guys from double A come up this year. There's been a ton. Um, and a lot of them have been great in the locker room. Is there any like underrated guys in that Portland locker room right now that when they get up, you're going to be like, Ooh, you're going to love that guy. I mean, I've only been up here for what, two weeks, three weeks now. And let's just say people are going to love when Chase Mydroth gets to the locker room. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> what about, uh, you were around Greenville for the first half. Is there, was there any guys down there? Oh yeah, there's definitely um, Joey Stock is always entertaining, very very entertaining person, um, just with his conversations and his his mannerisms and stuff like that. So he's an awesome person to be around as well in the locker room. Okay, I uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you didn't uh, you didn't give us Dobbins for uh, for an entertaining guy. We we've had a, we had a good chat with Dobbins, but um, oh. Do, Dobbins and I are Dobbins and I were close in Greenville and now we're we're not right next to each other but we're locker mates in Portland so him and I have plenty of conversations as well so he he's a very interesting guy too I mean Chris I don't know about you but there's it seems like some of the uh the guys that have come up though from Portland this year like you know Stephen Scott's great Cavadas and um even Drohan came up earlier in the year and he's been fantastic too and and Koff seems like he's like the like the, uh, I don't know how to describe Christian Koss, but he's uh, he's just fun, like all the time. So I'm like, there's got to be more guys like this that are down there. I just don't know yet. Oh, everybody so far, both the locker room in Greenville and the locker room in Portland have been amazing. Like everybody is always in there, uh, backing each other up, wanting the best for everyone, even though we're all fighting to move up and stuff like that, picking each other up, congratulating guys when we're doing it, when they do something well but then also lightening the mood and having fun, even when some things may not be going our way, yet we're still focused and also going out there trying to win the game of the day. Well, I have, I have one more for you, and then uh, Jamie and Chris might have uh, some as well. But uh, one of my last things is obviously, you know, a few weeks now um, in AA, you know, you're starting to get your feet wet, get, uh, kind of be ready for the last month and a half of the year uh, to spend in AA. Is there anything that you're like, do you have any goals for yourself that all right, the promotions out of the way uh, you're, you're getting used to the environment a little bit, getting used to settling into Portland is, do you have like a goal in mind for the last month and a half while you're there to finish the season? I mean, I'll, I'm not going to be worried about anything except my getting better as a pitcher on the mound. So I'll tell you right now, one of my goals, and it started back in Greenville, is we're working on a changeup, a third pitch for me. Um, so right now, 
like metrics wise, we've reached our goal for movement. It's just about comfortability and confidence throwing it in certain situations during the game in a close game, really. So for me, it is becoming confident and realizing that that third pitch that I'm throwing the changeup is just as good as my other two pitches and being able to throw and execute it in certain situations during the game. So you said with the changeup, because um, we actually noticed too, like we've talked with a few guys and it, you know, the, the socks have been adding, um, coming up with, you know, adding pitches for you guys. Is that something that you wanted to do? Is it something that the Red Sox said, Hey, like, let's kind of throw this into the mix. So in spring training, I, uh, had, we had meetings and such, and I brought something up about it. Like, Hey, what are your guys thought on me adding a third pitch? And in spring training, they said, Hey, you have a good fastball, really good fastball. You have a really good slider. Let's work on making those the best that they can be throwing them in any count. And then we'll worry about a third pitch later. And so then about a little less than halfway through the season, uh, first half down in Greenville, I went up to the development coach in Greenville. It's like, Hey, I want to start learning a third pitch. I, I'm open to options as what you guys think it should be and stuff like that. But I think it's time for me to start learning a third pitch. He's like, and he agreed with me and he went and talked with some of the pitching coaches and uh, development guys throughout the organization. They said, okay, yes, we agree. Now is the time. We want you to learn a changeup. I'm like, okay, I, I'd thrown a few in college, messed with it in college, nothing really stuck. And so they showed me this new changeup grip that I had never thrown before. And they've said, based on how your arm moves and how you release the ball, we think this is going to be very, very good for you. Um, so we want you to start working on in catch play. And so just took off from there, um, threw it on the mound, off the mound a couple of weeks later. And then a couple of weeks after that, threw it in a game and stuff like that. And it's so far when I do throw it, the action is very, very good and stuff like that. It's just repetitions are needed with it right now. So I've really only probably been throwing it for the last six to seven weeks, throwing it off a mound for past five weeks. So it's still very, very new, but it is something in my bullpens and side sessions that we're constantly working on. It's crazy you say like based off like arm angles, they want you to hold the ball a certain way to it's just kind of crazy is how advanced now baseball is versus just like, hey, grab a baseball. Here's your typical change up grip. Go out there and throw it to where it is so like fine tuned to the way and the angle of how your arm goes to the right way to throw that and, and grip that. It's kind of crazy that they're able to pinpoint that and then it allows you guys to go out and, and have success with it. Oh yeah, definitely. And cause like in college, we weren't, we didn't like train off analytics or video or stuff like that. It was just go out there and compete with your, and then like clean up your mechanics and stuff like that. We never used like TrackMan or Hawkeye or anything like that to, to practice off of based on their numbers. So coming to the Red Sox, I have learned way more in the last six to eight months, just being around the technology and the stuff like that, learning what my stuff actually looks like than I ever have in my previous 20 years of playing baseball. Jamie, you got anything? Yeah, I got one more. So if a fan was to ask, you know, how would you describe your game, your mentality on the mound? How would you, you know, describe that to someone? Um, I'm, I don't have many mannerisms on the mound. I'm a pretty even keeled type of person off the field. Um, and that kind of translates on the mound. But one thing I had to learn is you have to be an aggressive, have, have the aggressive mindset on the mound. So even though it may not seem like I'm yelling or 
or expressing many emotions on the mound and stuff like that in my head, I am going out there and I'm going to send you right back to the dugout every single AV. It doesn't matter if you're Cedric Mullins, like I faced earlier, or if, if you're, if I'm on pitching in rookie ball or whatever, with a new draftee, my goal is to sit you right back down on the bench. And that's how I, that's my mindset. Every bit, every single AV. Well, I'll, uh, I'll send a text to uh, Taylor Broadway about uh, having him teach you some emotion on the mound and uh, some fist pumps <laughs> and stuff. Or Salucci. Salucci's great, too. Oh, yeah, he um, is. I feel like he is, like, always animated out there. It's kind of entertaining. But um, do you guys have anything else? Yeah, so just a one-off now that, you know, you have, do you get into other sports besides with football starting up? Is Are you a big football fan? If so... Who's your team? Are you more into NFL, college? Um, so I am big into football and basketball. Okay. Um, sports, including baseball, have always been my number one. And it's pretty much still my number one. It's the only thing I pay attention to. Um, but college, I'm an Iowa Hawkeye fan because that's where I grew up. Um, professionally, I am a New England Patriots fan because I grew up loving Tom Brady. Right answer. Okay. <laughs> what do you think of the Zeke, the Pat signing Elliot? I am on board with it as running back depth. Don't take away touches from Stevenson. He is by far the better running back at this point in Zeke's career. Okay. So I got a question then. Do you, uh, you're an Iowa football fan, obviously tight end university. Um, I didn't know if you were like falling around, like now that, uh, Laporta is now in there, if you're going to go buy a Laporta Jersey or like how, how I didn't know how that worked. Um, they actually drafted two guys from Iowa. They drafted him and the, the stud linebacker Campbell too to the line. So I've been following both those. I'm very tempted to go buy, um, their jerseys as well. Cause I kind of like Dan Campbell after watching hard knocks, but, um, I always follow the Iowa guys cause you don't get to see them very often. Um, living where I am right now, but um, and I always try and go back and see a game every once, once every fall and stuff like that. So I, I follow them pretty closely. Thank you for checking out the latest episode of the Obstructed View Red Sox podcast brought to you by Beyond the Monster. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon. Hit that subscribe link, and when a brand new episode drops, you'll be notified. Also, check out beyondthemonster.substack.com for all of our latest articles and content that drops daily.